This week, Evie defies the odds and her mother's wishes by going to college, where she meets Arlen. Both are ambitious, highly educated, and really good at what they do. But more importantly, Arlen is Evie's calm after a lifetime of turbulence and toxicity. And they build a great life together. But Arlen's calm exterior is just a mask covering his own inner demons. And Evie can only watch as their great life crumbles all around her. Welcome to My Crazy Divorce. I'm a failure as a husband. I'm a failure as a man. It's just, I'm beautiful and I'm bright and I deserve better. It's a great day, I'm feeling good. Oh, the possibilities of what I could. Oh, do with the world at my fingertips. My imagination brings a smile up to my lips. Welcome to My Crazy Divorce, everyone. I'm your host, Tom Milligan. I have a big surprise for you this week. Instead of a faithful, loving, and loyal spouse like we normally hear about on this show? (laughs) Okay, just kidding. Our show never has faithful, loving, and loyal spouses. The two things that make this episode different are, well, first, the sheer volume of lies, betrayal, and deceit involved is almost unbelievable. And second, the timing of it all? Well, it just blew my mind. As you know from literally every episode, I'm not an attorney, so I don't give legal advice. So if anything I say in this or any other episode sounds like legal advice, just remember, it's not. (laughs) And if you need legal advice, contact a licensed attorney. Before I get to the story, I got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, OurDivorce.com. Visit OurDivorce.com if you're considering divorce and think you and your spouse can both be reasonable. Their simple three-step process is specifically designed to help amicably divorcing couples through the divorce process. And since it doesn't cost anything unless it works for you, there's literally no risk to give it a try. Again, try OurDivorce.com to save thousands on your divorce. And finally, if you'd like to share your crazy divorce story on our show, please visit MyCrazyDivorce.com and apply to be a guest. I'd really love to hear from you. With all that out of the way, we're going to jump right into the interview with Evie. Evie, it is so great to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So everybody, Evie has uh, done a lot with her life after her divorce. So before we even get into this divorce story, Evie, why don't you just kind of tell us what you're doing and kind of tell us where people can find you online and, and and, and, and what good you're doing for this world. Awesome. Well, so I am a life coach and I help people live happily even after they think theirs has fallen apart. Because for me, mine did completely fall apart. Turned out nothing like what I thought. And so now I help people get past that, get past the pain, get past the heartache. And not only just get past it, but live a really good life because there's really good life after the heartbreak and the heartache. And so I'm Evie Shaw on Facebook. I do have a Beacons link um, on TikTok. I'm happily even after. And if they click on my Beacons link there, they can find me on IG. And uh, But happily even after is my mission. <laughs> nice. I love it. That's actually how I found you is uh, on TikTok, happily even after. It's It's such a cool name. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we get started with 
learning a little bit about who Evie is. Evie Shaw, where did you grow up? Well, I was born near Houston, and um, I was an unwanted, unplanned pregnancy uh, to two high schoolers. And um, <laughs> wow, the, my my birth mother and my birth father were two stick of dynamite people, really fiery people. And um, so they had a tumultuous relationship and there I came. And um, so here I am. And uh, they were only married about six months. And then my mom remarried. And by the time I was uh, three or four, I was adopted by uh, my dad that raised me. And they divorced when I was 16. And um, so then I went to college. <laughs> okay. So, Do you have any siblings or is it, was it just you? So I was the only one produced from those two. But uh, when my mom remarried uh, my dad who raised me, I have one sister. She's six years younger and she actually has cerebral palsy. And so she's been in a wheelchair since, since she was old enough to, you know, sit up or walk. Oh, or wow. Not walk, so, yeah. Wow. And Okay, so are your uh, and your parents divorced when you were sixteen? Is what you said. Mm -hmm. Okay, and did they ever remarry after that? My mom did remarry and divorced again, and my dad waited probably about eighteen years and remarried, and he's still married. So. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So you've you've had a whole lifetime of experience with divorce and understanding how to get over grief. Well. <laughs> learning how to get over it I learned on my own but okay. what fueled me is knowing I wanted to know a better way good for you that's great so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your ex we're going to call him Arlen okay and uh tell us where, where did Arlen grow up he grew up in a very very small town in Louisiana and he was an only child and he was worshiped by his parents. He was the golden child. He did everything right in their eyes. And he was highly intelligent. So he was the valedictorian. He was good at basketball. He was good at horses. So he did excel in different areas and they fed on that. And there's a recipe for entitlement right there. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> So let me do say right here where um, my growing up was tumultuous, tumultuous, always conflict, always fighting. I didn't probably didn't go a day without fighting with my mom, um, not because of me, but because anyway, it was tumultuous. He, on the other hand, grew up in a calm, never, never Never, never. And I could go on saying that a couple hundred more times. <laughs> never experienced conflict ever. Oh. So wow. when I met him and he didn't scream at me, <laughs> he was the calm in the middle of my storm. Oh. Because my mom was ticked off that I went to college. Why is your mom ticked at you for going to college? Because she did, she wanted me to stay there and help with my sister, I guess. And plus oh. she wanted to control me. And I think as crazy as it sounds, I think she 
wanted me to stay there and stay there and stay there and stay there, <laughs> you know, so she could control the situation. That reminds me, lobsters in a bucket. If you put one lobster in a bucket, it'll climb out. If you keep two lobsters in the bucket, as one tries to climb out, the other one will pull it back in and mm-hmm. and keep them down. Wow. And that sounds like your mom was the second lobster. You were trying to climb out and she was trying to pull you back in. Yes, yes. Wow. And you, it goes on and on. <laughs> and so you broke the cycle. Good for you. I broke the cycle. I was the first to graduate from college in my family. Now my biological father, now off and away, not, not uh, anywhere in my life, he actually got the same college degree. I went on to get my master's degree. I got the same master's degree that he had. And, um, and did you know that at the time? No. Mm-mm. So you were estranged from him or? Estranged from him. Absolutely. Yeah. When did you get back in touch with him? Um, it's a little skewed. Um, when I was 17, um, he came around and like I said, he stu- so my bachelor's is in psychology, my master's in counseling. So here he is over here studying this and he's kind of grieving the loss of me over here. And so, um, so when I do meet up with him, he's so kind to me and he's actually like, who, who, who's your friend? Nobody had ever asked me who my friend was or what's your favorite color. And I'm like, nobody's ever, nobody ever even talked to me, you know? And he was, so I I was attracted to him, but then my mom, she, she started talking bad about him and she, she scared me. She said, he'll hurt you. He'll kill you. And your your father will kill you. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what she said. And I was, I was scared. So anyway, and so when I was in college, he would write me letters and I'd write him letters. And I just, I loved it, but I didn't because I still had this kind of thing of what she had put in me. Like he's awful. He's terrible. You can't imagine what a horrible human being he is. But then he's asking me these questions that actually like nobody's ever asked me. And so I was really torn. And, um, and he was going to come see me one time in college, and I was so excited. But then I got worried that he'd kill me when he got there. So you, was your mom just like so jilted, or what's I don't yes. know if that's the right word, but just so upset that the marriage didn't work out that she just wanted to discredit him? She did, Tom. But um, but what I found out later, she was on one side calling him, want to get back, and she's on the other side telling me how awful he is. She didn't oh, really? want me. Yeah, she didn't want me to get to know him. Wow. Okay. But when I began to have children, because in answer to your question, when I began to have children, I wanted to know him, and he loved my children. He was excited about my children. You know, they were his blood, and so uh, we started a relationship. But even then, I was still afraid of my mom. I didn't. Re- I, I'm putting this together now. At the time, I kind of was trying to figure it out of why I was drawn to him, but yet I had to back up from him, and so it was kind of that. And what it was is, I was afraid of her. So you go off to college, you're writing letters to your, your birth father behind your mom's back, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somewhere in that same time frame, you meet Arlen. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, we went to college together in a small town in Texas, um, not as small as where he grew up. So we met in a class and like we started studying together, actually. 
And he kind of pointed out, you know, if you just do this, you can make that one better grade, which I had no, nobody had ever talked to me. Nobody had ever talked to me. It's a miracle that I got to college because like I said, my mom was really ticked. She probably still is that I went to college. And so he was kind of telling me this stuff and calm. He wasn't screaming at me while we studied together. And so we fell in love. Okay. So, so your home life was uh, not a loving one, it sounds like. No. And his was the opposite. Right. So, okay. So you had a pretty low bar. Yeah. And, and there is more to that, if I can go in here, Please. because it is from my childhood. But as, a, as an eight-year-old, I remember I had the canopy bed, you know, the way back then. And I remember laying there and thinking, how do you get a daddy to stay? Now, why? I don't know. And there's no telling what I had seen going on, the divorces and the fighting that was constant. And I just remember thinking, that is what I'm going to figure out. And, and honestly, from a little girl, a little eight-year-old on, I looked at marriages, I looked at people, and I wondered, oh, are they happy? They look happy. Wonder what they're doing. And it's interesting that that happened because it did put me on a path to where my mission in life was I'm going to conquer and, and in the best way possible. I'm going to conquer this marriage thing and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to make it work and I'm going to have happily ever after forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> so. Wow. That's at eight years old. You're already thinking that. Yeah. Wow. I guess, you know, I, I've often said here on this show, I, I led such a charmed life. Uh, my parents were more than happily married. My dad worshiped the ground my mom walked on until the day she passed five or six years ago. Wow. My dad's 90 and he still misses my mom. And he doesn't know too much else going on, but he knows he misses his wife. And I literally never once in my entire life heard them argue. And so... I know that it was a great life for me. I know that. Right. But when I, I hear a story like that, I think it kind of forces you, forced you mm -hmm. to grow up too fast. No eight-year-old should be thinking like that. Right. An eight-year-old should be saying, all you got to do is kiss Prince Charming and that's the end of it. You live happily ever after. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. And I think, wow. I think actually I thought that's probably how it could happen. <laughs> and I was going to be the one to do it. You oh, know? I'm going to figure the out <laughs> that the magic kiss. Yes, I was. And yes, I did grow up too fast and I was the parent and. Oh, I'm, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm, it, it really does suck. I wish it were different, but it, I guess here we are. Here we are. So was it love at first sight or is it just like, no, this guy's in my no. class a lot. I might as well hang out with him. Oh, I thought he's ugly and his mama dresses him funny. It's honestly, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's true because it, before we got together in the spring of our second year. And so all the first year people would say, oh, look at him. He's so cute. And I'd be like, oh, no, he's not like he's not. And so all of a sudden one day in this particular class called social problems, which that should be your first clue. Don't meet your husband in social problem class. And um, and I did. I looked into his eyes and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, wow. And so um, so that's when we fell in love. But it wasn't love at first sight at all at all. 
So was this like your freshman year? Or this this been- was our sophomore year in the spring. So we had already been there a full year and a half by the time we met, uh, started dating. How long were you together before you got engaged? Um, we were together, um, two years. Well, is there a good, good engagement story? No, not really. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're engaged. Uh, how long did the engagement before so you got married? That went from October to July. So is that about six to nine months? So yeah. by the time you guys got married, you'd been together for two and a half, three years. We had, yeah. It's really interesting to me because we've had people that were engaged for literally they'd knew, known each other and gotten married all within two or three months. We've had people that were They'd known each other for years, then they got engaged for years, then they got married. There doesn't seem to be any sort of magic formula for make sure you get to know them for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, who knows? Right, right. That is interesting. And I do, I've, like I said, when I was eight, I started studying marriages and family and people. And I wanted to know, I, want, I liked it when people talked to each other nice, you know. And so anyway, um, I... You may be about to get to this, but um, while I had my family that was all kind of turmoil and his family that was all kind of peace, even though when I went into his family and met them, I thought something's not right. Now, they're peaceful. They're pleasant. But basically, my mom and his mom were the same person. They're opposite sides of the same coin. So my mom is negative and screaming and hollering and nothing's ever really okay. And his mom's pleasant and calm and doesn't say anything. But the emotional hole <laughs> is the, the same. So um, while my mom wanted to control me to stay home by screaming and hollering at me, his mom really probably wanted him to stay home, but she put on the happy face, but he had to go home every weekend. Oh, and, um, actually, gee whiz, we're 30 something years later and this is still being talked about, but he wrote a letter. Now we were 20 before we met 20 not 18 or Mm -hmm. what 20. And, um, so we had dated quite some time, probably we were in our senior year of college and he wrote a note. He wrote a note to his parents that he wanted to stay at college for the weekend. 30 years later, she read that letter to him. Are you kidding me? I I mean, I can't, I can't even believe it, but literally she still knew where it was. She had it and she read it to him as he was 54 years old, 53 years old. So really what it comes down to, I think what you're saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but based on what you just described, your mom tried to control you through screaming and and yelling. His mom controlled him through guilt and shame. 100% spot on. You got it. Got it. Okay. So that's where you're, it's a controlling coin, two sides of the same controlling coin. Wow. Yeah. And no emotional depth either place. Now you knew that your mom was controlling you. Mm -hmm. Did he? 
No. Okay. He, he did not because he's the perfect child. They kind of cater to him. He did no wrong. And he's a very compliant person. Um, and so he did what they said. But here's the thing, Tom. The reason that we were probably attracted is I could fight his battles. So his mom didn't want him to come home. I don't oh. care. I don't care. I'm not going. You know what I'm saying? Like I had fought those battles. Right. He hadn't, but I could do it for him. I could be his backbone. Fascinating. Yeah. That is why we do the background for yeah. these things. This isn't all just about a divorce. There's we the characters of these stories are what makes this all come together. Because that to me, that is seriously fascinating. Uh, yeah. We could spend the rest of the day talking about that, and I'd be happy. But we've got other things we need to get to. Right. I do want to say one more thing for somebody who's listening, for somebody who's in a situation like this, and they're like, kind of, what's going on? Because she. She always treated me a certain way, but yet she's doing it with a smile and she, you know, it's like, she's pleasant at least, you know, but I didn't like her. I didn't, I didn't like going to her house all these years. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Because I love her son. I love, I love my marriage. I just want to make it the best. And she, she didn't like that. She didn't want to know if we had gone out on a date or if we had gone on this trip, she never wanted to know anything. She never asked me, just like my mom never said, did you have a good day at school? His mom never said, did you have a good day at whatever either, ever? She never asked me in 30 years. She never asked me. But anyway, so I say this to say, finally, after many years of studying this, because I'm like, what is going on? The thing was, she viewed me as the other woman. Wow. I stole him. I was never an added member to the family. I was a thief. That's the only child situation there. Yeah. It's the only child situation with a really skewed, she viewed herself as the wife. That's frightening. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and disgust. I mean, it, it, yeah. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. I think is I, I didn't want to go that far, but you're right. That's just there's something wrong there. Yes. Okay. Well, let's talk about wedding day though, because so you guys are engaged. Uh, did he have a job? <laughs> I mean, how did he pay for the ring? Oh yeah. So he he was a horse trainer, and he had some money. Um, so he did. Now it was too much, mind you. He shouldn't have ever paid. I mean. It, <laughs> according to his mom, she couldn't believe he, I mean, he wrote a check for it. So unlike he went into debt, but she didn't think he should have paid that much. And the funny thing was we got it at such a discount. He probably paid one tenth of the price for it. But um, anyway, Oh, Tom, I have some marriage stories. Oh, whew. red flags happened for sure. Well, let's, let's talk about a few of them that are, you're talking about pre-wedding red flags. Yes. Let, let's let's get to them. Let's 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 hear one. Okay, this is a big one. This is the one where <laughs> everybody will be like, "Oh my gosh!" Okay, so so um, so now you you get the picture of the mother. So we have the flaming mom and the quiet mom. But when they talked for the first time, they did not get jihaw together. So anyway. Um, <laughs> as you might could imagine. But my mom, so since she had never had a wedding, she lived vicariously through me 
and this wedding. And so she had it in her mind what she wanted. She wanted a middle aisle. Like it didn't matter if it was in the, and no hit to any religion, but in the Buddhist temple or in the, you know, the whatever, whatever building had a middle aisle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the building she wanted me to be in. Well, so we got this building that had a middle aisle and we told his mom and she, (laughs) she said, we cannot send out invitations that have that location on it. That would be embarrassing. She was like, we, I would be so embarrassed to have Methodist church on that invitation. So it wasn't necessarily that it was an ugly location or a bad part of town. It was the, the, the enemy church. Yeah. Any church, but Baptist is nothing like to her. So, so your, your future mother-in-law is absolutely mortified that your mom would choose a Methodist church. Right. Because it had a center aisle. (laughs) and that's the only reason that's so funny so what what happened so um well we didn't do we didn't go there we stayed in the baptist church is the end of that story but before we get before that my mom wanted dancing oh here we go again here we go again i mean it is this war and i'm in the middle and i'm thinking i just want a white dress and a a wedding, you know, that's a, you know, I didn't have to have all the things. So anyway, so we have my mom over here, like I'm paying for this wedding. And if I'm paying for it, we're going to have a dance, you know, and we're going to, and they're over here, like basically saying the floor will drop down and we'll all end up in hell. If this happens without saying it, they didn't say that, but you know what I'm saying? It's this no. So anyway, so I told, I told my, I told my ex-husband, I told Arlen, I said, here's the thing. Cause I could fight the battle. Don't get me wrong. I could have done it. I'm like, but this is your mom. This is your, so what I need you to do is I need you to tell your mom that my mom's paying for it. And we agree that we can have a dance and not all end up in hell that, that next day. And um, so I need you to do that. I need you to tell her. I, and okay. So this was November. We got engaged October 25th. And then this was, this was, Thanksgiving week. So he was a ball player. So he'd gone home for Thanksgiving. Then he gets on a bus to go to a ball game. Yeah. And so I said, well, did you tell your mom? He said, yeah, I told her. I said, well, well how'd it go? Where were y'all? And he said, well, we were standing here. We were right there. I was about to leave. Da, 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 da. How it went. Okay, good. How did, how'd she take it? Oh, she was fine. Okay. So I go to sleep and I wake up the next morning to a phone call and his mom said, I just got the the letter on my pillow that Arlen left me. And I'm so sad. I'm like, what? What letter? So he didn't tell her and he lied to you about it. And And Tom, I stayed. I'm embarrassed to say I stayed because it was it was that big. I mean, it was that big of a lie. It was that. And the thing for a minute, Tom, is I knew for a minute, I'm not marrying this guy. He's a liar. And then I was kind of in the conundrum of, but wait a minute, I already said I was, what else am I going to do? But he's not screaming at me, but Mm. he's from the good family and they don't scream at each other and it's probably okay, you know? And so 
I was, I didn't, I didn't have anybody to talk to Tom. I mean, I was, I was my own self, you know, and I went to college by myself and here I was now maneuvering this. And so anyway, that was one red flag. That's a good one. That was a big one. That was a big one. Yeah. So, um, and it, we made it through. We had a dance. Nobody fell down in the floor and went to hell. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> divorce doesn't have to be complicated. Our Divorce.com's three-step procedure provides a simple and affordable process that you can follow at your own pace. Save thousands by visiting OurDivorce.com today. Okay, so so Evie, you're 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 married. Um, congratulations! No one went to hell. Right. <laughs> and so you're married, and hopefully everybody's happy, or at least content enough to not throwing anything at anybody. Yeah. Tell us about married life. Well, so um, we got married, and we actually moved to Dallas. You ask about a job, and he did, he was a horse trainer at that time. We got engaged, but a. a the number one school district in Texas pursued him and he got a job in Richardson, Texas. At that time, it was the number one school district. So that's where we went. We headed over to Dallas. And I mean, I thought life was great. I mean, here I am married, having all kind of sex, you know, happy, nobody screaming at me. And, you know, life was good. I can imagine that sounds, it sounds content. It sounds it was, happy. Yeah. Yeah. The we, end. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's it. We <laughs> lived happily on the ever show. after. We did. <laughs> so, yeah, we did. And, it, well, well, one year later, uh, the next thing that happened is we were there one year. And, I mean, I thought I was, I really, I was so happy. I loved, I loved everything about it. Um, but then he got an offer to train horses in where we live now, Minden, Louisiana. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, we can go. Yeah. Like new friends, you know, <laughs> like literally mm -hmm. that's how like Bowley I was new friends everywhere. I'll just move somewhere every few months and get, make new friends. And so anyway, so we, I had no idea what was up ahead, but we moved to Minden and everybody that was 23 or in their twenties <laughs> had left. Oh. <laughs> and so it's a small town and um, I hated it. Oh, no. And I hated it. I mean, when I say I hate it, I meant like I hated it. And um, I didn't know there was a place like this. It was small. Like I said, there were no 20-somethings here. Everybody that we met, they had children. We didn't. All I wanted to do was, you know, have sex, have fun with my husband and just enjoy life and be free. Because now we'll say, I raised my sister. You know, right. I knew what it was like to load up a child, to take them to the bathroom, to feed them, to put them to bed, to get them up, to get them dressed. I knew, I knew I had done that. And so now I had my freedom. Right. And so here we are having fun. He's not screaming at me and we're having fun. But he does begin to do a lot of work all the time. So he coached, coached. And then he horse trained. And so when he came home, all I wanted him to do was hold his fork and wipe his butt and sit by me, mm -hmm. you know, and let's watch a movie or let's do this or go to Walmart together or whatever. I mean, I loved him. I enjoyed him. I really, really, I did. We were rocking and rolling. So he's working a lot. You, you, you want to, you want to hold him, you want to have sex with him. 
he's too tired? You know, no, over- no, no, never too tired. Never. Oh, okay. Never, so it- not one time ever in 30 years, ever. No. Oh, well, okay, good. <laughs> That's good. Even. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll no, get you're to good. That. <laughs> Well, no, keep so so you're happy. It sounds like I mean you, you're you you sound a little lonely at this stage. Like you wish he didn't work so much, but other than that, things are good, right? Right, yeah. And I mean, I, I just enjoyed him. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I probably was a little bit lonely because I was in this town where I didn't know anybody. But you know, we had evolved since then. I had met a friend finally, and we I ended up getting my teacher certification. I ended up teaching. I ended up, we started getting our master's degrees together and. So things are busy and yeah. And so when he was home, I just wanted to enjoy him. Yeah. So, uh, did you have kids? We did not. I, I did. I still didn't want them. Now we're about year six or so here that where we are about now. Okay. Here's six or seven years into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, and then, yeah, well, let's hear it. What, what is, and then like, dun, dun, dun. And then the rest of the story. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I mean, we were, I love you. I love you more. I love you most. Love you more. Asbestos, you know, on to ad nauseum. And um, so he went to school one day. This was in um, April. And he went, I mean, we went to school. We taught. I taught. He taught. And so I was teaching and I had um, like, um, like laryngitis kind of drainage sinus uh, allergy thing. And so um, I, I think I've got to go get an allergy pill to keep teaching, you know, to clear up my throat. And so now as a teacher, we didn't have lunch breaks, but I got my class covered during their lunchtime. And I had 20 minutes to go from school home, grab the allergy pill and get back into my classroom. So I drive home and it is the most beautiful April day in the South. Spring is in full bloom and that temperature is perfect. And I'm driving along and his birthday was a couple days ago, made this chocolate cake. And I'm thinking, ah, I get to grab that chocolate cake. Get me that, you know, it's it's good. Life is good. And so then I'm driving down my street and I see his truck and I'm like, whoa, yeah, baby. <laughs> Not only do I get this chocolate cake, I get the get a kiss, you know, or something, get to see my guy. And uh, so I drove up, pulled in my, I had a garage door, pulled the garage door up and I'm ready to go in. And there was a car in there that wasn't mine, of course, nor was it his. Uh And um, I'm like, oh, well, my goodness, I wonder whose car this is. And I thought it had to be another coach, right? You know, Mm -hmm. never crossed my mind anything else. And I'm walking through the garage and I see a person. I'm like, well, that's weird. I'm like, who's in the world's car is that, you know? And I go in the house and he comes, he meets me at uh, the door between the kitchen and the, the living room. And he puts his hands up and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> and who who is this? Who's this person? Where's somebody? And um, there was a, a she in there. And um, I, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, seriously. Yeah, didn't expect anything I, no, like this. No, 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 no. No suspicions. No. Zero. And I'm like, what's happening? And um, and then I'm thinking, he's anyway, he said she came to get some papers or something. I said, I don't know who she is. And I don't know why she's here, but she needs to get out of my house. Yeah. And um, anyway, well, I had blocked her in, right? I mean, she couldn't have moved an inch because I was already, you know. So anyway, long story short, he was having a fling with this person. And I was in shock. 
my whole world from that morning. I love you more. I love you most. I have the greatest marriage. Let me tell everybody how to have the great marriage. Cause I know like right. y'all listen to me. <laughs> and then I go home and I have this, um, female in my home. I was in shock. So two things I'm going to say, number one, I'm sorry. I, um, you and I've had some previous conversations and it sucks. Yeah. It, it just sucks. Um, the second thing, okay, three things. Um, do you know how long it had been going on? Um, the best I can gather and was a, was several weeks. Just okay. Several weeks. So you caught it pretty early, but doesn't make any difference, right? Even if you caught it the first day, it's, it's painful. All harm had been done already. So. Yeah. So the, so the third thing I want to say is, one of the things I did not know until just now is uh, the similar experience that we've had. Because when I found out about my now ex-wife's first affair, the thing that hurt worse than anything is the fact that she screwed this guy in our bed. That was, for some reason, I mean, it didn't matter yeah. that they did it in her car and in right. his office. And right. I mean, yes, it mattered. Right. No, but no. for some reason, the fact that they had the the, the gumption yeah. to, to screw in our bed. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel the same way? Was oh, that oh, Tom. I mean, I couldn't decide if I didn't want to sit in my living room more because she was in there. That's where she was when I came in. Or I didn't want to go to my bedroom more. And I stayed oh. out of both places. We have a three-bedroom house, and I couldn't go into one or the other places forever. Yeah. Oh. It was ridiculous. But, yeah, I, absolutely. I feel and you're so violated in right. 10 other different ways than, than, you know, before. So, yeah, it was. But, he, but then, Tom, here's what kicked in. We're going to make this work because I'm going to make it work. I, I know what we can do. So you said, we're going to make this work. Mm -hmm. Well, let's finish up that, that experience. So he's basically almost blocking you from coming in mm -hmm. and, but you, you made it in, you confronted him, girlfriend sitting on the couch. Did you know her? Was she another teacher or anything like that? She happened to be a student actually. What? In the high school? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yep. sorry. I'm laughing from discomfort, not from humor. That's no, I know. I mean, it, no, it gets worse. And here's my side. I thought he was going to get arrested, but it, she was 18 before she ever walked in our home. Oh, okay. And um, so there were several things happening. She was also pregnant by someone else. Wow. She's a gem. Yeah. And so she did, she had as much to lose by being caught as he did, you know, oh, cause she was supposed to be with the, the father. Well, she was, she was 18 and she was about to graduate and here she's pregnant with somebody's kid. You know what I'm saying? Like her dad, you know, yeah, it was just a big mess. I let the powers that be know. I didn't keep it to myself. I let them know because it was a crime to me. It was a crime. Yeah. And it needed to be treated as a crime. But when I tell the powers that be and nobody does anything, what can I do? <laughs> that adds a total new wrinkle to it, doesn't it? It does. It does. Okay. So you decide we're going to get past this. Let's, yeah. let's take it from there. 
So we end up, uh, no, there were lies, 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 lies. So if, if you're out there and your spouse is cheating on you, they're going to lie. I mean, it just is because they don't want to tell you the truth. And so there were lies. And anyway, um, we went to a counselor and we had taken all these tests and the counselor actually said, you know what? You'll have a really good marriage. You really do by all the questions we answered and kind of doing a profile on us. And he said, you know, y'all really do. And y'all, y'all can go on and have a family and have the best marriage ever. And I thought, yep, we can, I'll make this. I can, we can. And so we rolled on and, um, ended up several, several years, uh, several months later getting pregnant, not on purpose, but, but, but not on accident either. It just mm -hmm. happened. And so then, um, we had baby number one who was absolutely perfect, slept on schedule eight, barely, you know, I mean, just perfect, perfect child. And then we had number two and then number three in less than three years. Oh, wow. So, um, so yeah, you're so, at about the 10 year mark. And you have three yes, kids. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we were 30 when we started and we, I was 33 when I had the third one only cause I just had a birthday. But anyway, so my third son came here and he had a blood disorder and he did not make red blood cells. And had, the, this was about, about one in a million chance to have this blood disorder that he had, but he had it and he had, uh, six years, he lived on other people's blood. Oh, he wow. Received blood transfusions. Now he's healthy. I, if you see pictures of my kids, they're the three most precious young little men on the planet. And he was perfect and he was full of life. He had more life in him than, than I mean, than anybody living and breathing. And they were fun and they loved each other. And we just had a great, great fun time. Just a lot of medical worries along there, the way, though. They were. That was, you know, in in the background. But, I, you know, we live like we, there wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so, so that take a toll, I assume. Um, that, that can't be easy. So then, so there were two, two treatments um, for what my son had. It was chronic blood transfusions or steroids, and he only could do the transfusions. You could get a bone marrow transplant. It wasn't even, uh, when he was born, there was a 7% chance he might live through it. But yeah. research did come so far, not in his disorder, but in blood uh, in a bone marrow transplants, that if it was a matched sibling, there was a 93% chance that he had. So that jacked it up. Well, so we tested and lo and behold, we had a matched sibling. Perfect. 10 out of 10 or 12 out of 12, depending on what markers they use. And so I felt like we had the gift. In fact, I heard you have the gift because uh, it was the kind of thing no doctor would say, oh, yes, this is what you need to do. It was kind of like, oh, shoot, you're kind of on your own on this one, you know. Yeah. And so it was a lot of on my shoulders. And I was the only one researching it, as you could imagine, like I'm raising the kids and I'm doing all this and he's overdoing that, and, uh, you know, his own thing, horses and stuff. But anyway, um, so we began to prepare for this bone marrow transplant. And um, I um, found out my husband was having a second affair. Hmm. Yeah. So the, how, how far into the marriage is this now? This is in, oh, 
six. So we married in 90. So So 15, 16 years in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 10 years or so, nine or 10 years after the first one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you know of. That I know of, exactly. This is the only one that was caught after the after the first one. Um, well, the yeah. first one is the only one. You don't know if that was the first one either. True. Isn't that I've, the worst feeling? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the unknowns. Yeah. But um, so I caught him. And again, Tom, it's just so crazy looking. Talk about crazy. The crazy wasn't the divorce at this moment. It's the crazy is the wife that wants to stay. (laughs) But here we have a five, six and a seven year old. And these boys, when I mean, they're just perfect. There was no, they didn't fuss. They didn't fight. They just had a blast. Like they just piled up in the floor and laughed, you know, and we just had a great time. We just lived life to the fullest. And so anyway, so we're going along and I find this out. And so here I am devastated again. And I'm thinking, no, these boys need their dad. He doesn't know what he's doing. He couldn't want to leave these kids, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to make it work. This is going to be the best marriage ever. Um, And so he stays. And then my son goes to transplant and transplant takes a year out of, out of life. A year, I didn't know that a year. And so he kind of like had to live in a bubble and we had to be careful where we went and immunocompromised basically. Yeah. They keep him down. So the new cells can, can mm-hmm. grow and take over and his old ones don't take over. And so, so we did that and, um, Yeah. So then we roll along and now that he doesn't need blood transfusions and life is great and we're rolling along. Glad to hear that the the transplant went okay. Um, But so you find out about your husband's affair, just a little bit about it. How long had it been going on when you found out? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I think it had been a couple months. So he has like a 60 day expiration on his affairs before you find out. (laughs) I guess so. And then, (laughs) and then Tom, everything I'm guessing is like my own calculations, right? I have no help from him. And, uh, and then too, I don't know how much, you know, but the, the other person has as much lies in them. They want you to know something or they don't like, of it's course. whatever they choose to make up, you know? So, yeah. but the best I can tell, I think he met her in uh, July at a horse show, a horse function. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I still, it's like, it's like, he doesn't really have an option. I'm not asking him, what do you want to do? I'm like, okay, we're going to make this work. Now I'm going to put my head down further and we're going to go, I'm going to plow, you know, we, we can do this. These, you know, we'll do it. So you're, you're, I'm, I'm thinking back to your eight year old Evie, who's saying, what do you, you know, how do you make a, a daddy stay? Mm-hmm. And in your mind, it's, you stay with them. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're making daddy stay by staying with him. Uh, He's, I hate to say it this way, but he's now empowered. He knows that he can get away with it, even if he's caught. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm sorry to, I don't know if that's, by the way, everybody, I don't know really, other than the fact that these guys get divorced or they wouldn't be on the show, um, I don't know how the story ends, but I'm just predicting um, that we've now empowered him to do whatever the hell he wants. Right. Right. So, and he probably was after the first one. So. Yeah. And he probably was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. During that 10 year span though, 
you know, between first and we're going to call them first and second affairs because we don't know how many there were, but between those two, did you trust him or was it always in the back of your mind that he might be out there doing it again? Um, both, but I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's so muddled, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's hard muddled. to remember sometimes too. Well, yeah. And to, I know, I know one thing that I did is I would grab him close. Like you love me, love me, love me, love me, love me, kiss me, have sex with me. And wait a minute there, you had those affairs on me. So back up a little bit. It was kind of that going on. You know, like, come, come, come close, come close, come close. Hold on a minute. So you, <laughs> you know? may have been sending some interesting signals. Oh, and... I'm, oh, I'm sure I was. I'm sure, oh, I'm sure I was still, and, and still trying to figure it out. How do you make this work? What do I need to do to make this work? And, um, and yeah. So, and raising these kids, you know, raising the, the boys. Cause I wanted to give them the perfect home. And I, and, and, and again, he's not screaming at me. He smiles when we're together. He doesn't gripe at me. Like life's really good. Mm-hmm. Ish. <laughs> yeah, ish. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you can ignore this devastating emotional problem we have, life's right. great. Exactly. All right. So affair number two in the books. Yep. Um, you've got three awesome kids. One of them has a very rare blood disorder. Now what? Yeah. So um yeah. So we went to a family camp. Like, you know, we go to there in, in, in Tyler, a couple hours from here, there was a family camp. We went to one in Michigan. So we're going to this family camp and I'm thinking life is great. And the phone records came in that showed my husband was talking to another woman who, if I might add, was the best friend of the second affair. So, Mistress number two's best friend is now mistress number three. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. So let's back up. When did this happen? How how long after? Okay. So this is probably 2010. So about four years after, I suppose. Okay. So there's several different things happening. So I'm kind of getting the hint that she's, something's going on, but she's married. So that kind of skews it a little bit. And so I'm thinking something's going on with number three, but yet he's telling me they're not. And, and I'm like, I call his parents, I call golden child's parents. And I'm said, he's having an affair with number three. This is Arlen's parents. He's your in-laws. Yes. And cause they're going to be at these places with him and her, they kind of chew me out. (laughs) They chew me out. You know, Tom, it's a crazy thing how family systems and we kind of all get in and muddled in it. But I did tell them on the second one, because I thought I'm not doing this alone again. I went through the first one. I thought we could plow through it. Nobody had to know. Well, so now I called them. And so now they knew about number two. And um, so now it's number three. And, um, but he, but his dad told me on number two, let me tell you, I got to tell you this. We got to break in. This is big news. So on number two, we're backing up on number two, after they should have broke it off or did break it off, then I caught him again. And, um, 
saw messages and they were going to meet the next night at a horse show. Well, anyway, so his dad ended up going to the horse show with him as security, right? So before they leave, I said, we, Arlen, will you please, please, when you get there and if you see her, just call me and tell me. Like, I want to hear it from you. If she's there, she's there. What can you do? But will you call me and tell me? And he says, yes. And so anyway, so time passes and I don't hear from him. So I call one person that I knew and they said, yeah, she's here. And yes, he saw her and she walked by and dad and him both said hello. And, you know, I had the whole scene. So I call him, I call Arlen. I'm like, is she there? He's like, no. I'm like, you flipping liar, you no good son of a gun, you know, just like losing it. And, um, and I said, let me talk to your dad. Cause I'm thinking dad'll help me. Yeah. Dad's on the ground. He can beat somebody up, you know? And I, so his dad gets on the phone. I said, is she there? He said, I don't know. Uh. So, so, so your chaperone had, wasn't helping at all. Wasn't helping at all. And so he gets back, Arlen gets back on the phone. I'm like, you know, good son of a gun. You lying. I mean, yelling, screaming. I did it. I did it. I mean, I did. And so anyway, so that ended, she was there. And so time passed, but this is before number three, but I was in the car with his dad and his dad said to me, let me tell you something. If he leaves you, I won't blame him because you did that. Did what? Yelled at, yelled him. at him. Yelled at him. He said, it'll be your fault if he leaves you. Holy shit. So what do I do, Tom? I believe him because all my life, everything was my fault. Yeah. Everything. So it And how do you sense. keep a daddy staying? How do you make a daddy stay? And so here we are. Number three comes along. I'm trying to tell them they're, he's chewing me out. And no, now they didn't scream at anybody but me. They didn't get mad at anybody but me. Oh. And I'm the one trying to hold the marriage together and do, you know, not that I was perfect. Good golly gee knows I wasn't. But um, so anyway, so now we're in number three and I'm still wanting to keep it together. <laughs> who's the who's the crazy one now, Tom? I mean, so anyway, but now I have 11, 12 and 13 year olds. So right. they really need their daddy. Right. And he's a great person. And, you know, he plays ball with them when he's home, when he's home, he's home, when he's on, he's on, you know? And so anyway, so, um, I, I, during this time when I'm realizing the sheet, this is real, I would scream at him. I'm like, you can't talk to her. You can't be friends with her, you know, blah, blah, blah. So dumb now that now, but and so anyway, so one day, Tom, it was in July, it was July 3rd, actually, I took the boys to the movie. Now we had sex that morning. We had sex all the time. We never didn't have sex. There never was a time. And so we can't blame the, I was deprived. Oh, no, no. Uh -uh. And I was the initiator, actually, out of all of it. I'm like, he's not having sex with other people because he, he doesn't do, he doesn't do the coming on the, you know, the initiating. And so, um, and so I get, we wake up and number three was going to be somewhere he was. And so I was like, she can't be there. You need to 
tell her she can't be there, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I take my kids to the movie and I come home and there's a note in my bathroom when I come home and I'm like, a love note, you know, how sweet. And so I go open it and it's like, I'm leaving. Don't call my parents. Don't. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, read it. And he was like, you deserve better than me. You know, there's nobody else, but I need time to think. And, and so I did what he asked, you know, I didn't call anybody. I didn't do anything. And I, he had left. Well, um, I will say, I agree with him. You do deserve someone better. (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously, (laughs) like you said, you know, you weren't perfect, but, uh, we all deserve, if you're in a monogamous relationship, you deserve a monogamous partner, period. Right. I get hit up all the time on TikTok. Um, people say, oh, well, you just need to get over it. You need to just um, accept polyamory. Like, you know what? I accept it for other people. Right. <laughs> we, if they want to be polyamorous, go right ahead. Don't care. It's not for me. Right. And it wasn't what she promised me. Right. Right. So if she wanted to be polyamorous, I should have known that 18 years earlier. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing with him. He's still saying there is nobody. So now. We don't buy that. (laughs) Gaslighting though. But, but he could do it straight face. Never gave a, a crooked smile. I mean, straight faced. And so anyway, here we are. And he left and here I am. So he leaves. What was that the end of the marriage or did you get daddy to stay? Got to get daddy to stay. Okay. How did, how'd you do it? Well, so what happened was, um, when he left, I say it yanked my chain, you know, when, it, you know, when some when a kid's behaving badly and the parent, you know, like, and they're like, okay, no more crying. Mm-hmm. I got it. And it was kind of like that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no wonder. Yeah. Oh, it was my fault. So here is his dad going, if he leaves, it's your fault. Right. And I'm like, oh, it was. It was. Oh, my gosh, I messed up. I need to do it right. And so anyway, I thought if he'll just come home, I'll be kind enough to him. I'll love him the right way. I won't scream at him and um, we can make this work. And he did keep coming home. He came home every morning. He left where he lived. He came home every morning before he went to school. He climbed in my bed and, um, and he came home every day at lunch cause we homeschooled and, and we had a great time. He would come in and we would chat and laugh, you know, the kids we. Yeah. Okay. So personal question. So he'd come over, where was he living by the way? He was living. Um, now he told me he was living in the barn. So there was an apartment at the barn where he was now. I'm not sure if he was living at the barn with her or with her somewhere else that wasn't the barn, but he was living with her. You didn't know that though. I didn't, but suspected. Yeah. Like you, you thought he was still with number three. Yeah. No. And he's coming in and he's sleeping with me, crawling in my bed every morning. And so I mean, when you say sleeping with you, were, were you guys having sex every day oh, or often? Absolutely. Oh okay. yeah. All the often every day. Yeah. Wow. So he's coming home in the morning. You guys are getting it on. You're staying home with the kids, homeschooling. He goes off to work at the school still, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Goes to um, the high school and 
and then at, the, at when school's over, he didn't come over again. He would go presumably to his own to place. To the barn. To the barn. Yeah. To be alone. No, well, he, and he was a horse trainer, so he did oh, have that he was how second he made job. his money. So he lived on that money, and I lived on his school money. But yeah, and so he he um, created himself a visitation schedule. Like we never talked about it. I, I mean, like all my screaming was done. Like now right. I'm just gonna love him. Now I'm just gonna let him come in. Uh, you know, let him go out, and and he'll want to come back home. And and how long did this go on? That went on four years. Oh my gosh. That four on. years. Four. Is that like a thousand days, 1200 days? So Evie, <laughs> I hate to ask this question this way, but you, you now we're here looking back 10, 12, 15 years. Do you understand that you were a doormat or Absolutely. I do. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is. I'm not going to, I mean, I don't recommend what I did, but what was happening, Tom, in my world is I was changing. All the things that I needed to get free of, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I grew up with, I was getting rid of them. I was hard as hell. It was like pulling skin off, you know. Um, <laughs> Never heard <laughs> it hurt, but, but I was changing. So you were learning through the process, I'm even learning. though you were it, outwardly, at least you were very, um, accommodating. I was very accommodating and, um, but it was so peaceful, honestly, all that screaming and hollering. You can't do like now I'm just like kind of chilled, laid back and like, you know what, whatever, whatever you do, you do. You texting her? You living with? Okay. I mean, I'm here. I'm raising my kids. It was my life. You know, some people say, "Oh, but it was fake." I'm like, "No, no, no. It was my life, and I was living it." Yeah. <laughs> he was fake. If he came in and out doing whatever he was doing, that's his deal. But my life was my life. Interesting. And Tom, another thing, it's kind of like you know those things you fear. What I feared was. I don't want to share them with another woman. I don't want them to go somewhere else on the weekend. So if I just keep doing this, my kids can stay in our home and I don't share them with another woman and we do holidays together. You know what I'm saying? So all the things that I wanted, they were still coming true. Yeah. I didn't have my marriage, but I didn't have to share my kids, you know? So it was, so it's almost rather than, you know, maybe I should retract what I said and say, rather than a doormat, it's like, it's almost like a friends with benefits situation, uh, on steroids. <laughs> it, Tom, it was all that, you know, people say, oh, he had his cake and eat it too. I said, no, 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 he didn't. He had his cake, his cookies, his ice cream, his whipped cream, his, his yeah. cherries, his sprinkles, you know, like everything. And I don't say that. I mean, like, that's how it was. He really did. He really could sashay in and do whatever, and he could leave with no ramifications at all. Did you know you can get divorced without hiring an attorney? Let OurDivorce.com guide you through our three-step process for a simple flat fee. Visit OurDivorce.com to learn more and get started today. When I was first divorced the first time, you know, 20-something years ago, 
you know, I was 34, 35 years old. And so all of my friends were of that same age. We all had little kids and, you know, everyone has the same, you know, more or less stage of life. Mm -hmm. And so I would get calls from people I hadn't talked to in months or even years. They'd all call me up. Hey, can I take you to lunch? Well, after, and you know, for a while it was like, oh, cool, free lunch. But after a while you, you start to recognize that they want to pick your brain about divorce. They want to ask for the, your advice. Right. And I remember getting a call from a very good friend of mine. And he said, he said, hey, can I take you to lunch? I said, how about we forego the lunch and we just talk about your divorce? And he said, oh, is it that obvious? Well, wow. I, and I said to him, he, he said, well, here's the deal. And he went through and gave me this diatribe about how horrible his wife is and he hates being married to her and he's not happy and they never have sex. And I mean, just all of the the complaints that I'd heard from a bunch of guys that I had myself, I'm not castigating any of them at all. And he said, so I'm thinking of getting a divorce. What do you say? I said, I can't tell you what to do. Uh, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Ask yourself this singular question. Are you prepared for her to remarry and have another man tuck your children into bed at night and call him dad? If you're prepared for that, by all means, get a divorce. Yeah. And if you're not, well, then you figure that shit out. And so I listen to your story where you're going, hey, I'm raising my kids. Well, it doesn't matter what he's doing. Yeah. I'm taking care of my kids. And so I have a, I, I understand that to, to at least to a certain extent. So yeah. good, good for you. Yeah. No, you're spot on right there. And I guess I was figuring it out on my own. Like I didn't have anybody to tell me per se, but I knew enough to know I didn't have to send him somewhere else, yeah. you know, and, and he was giving me money and, and I was raising them and we could do things. We lived on a meager salary, but I was so happy to have it because I did their lives weren't turned upside down. Yeah. So, so this goes on for four years. What changed at four years? I realized somewhere in the midst of it, of course, now I'm not loving what's happening, right? Like I'm here, I'm raising my kids. I'm just thinking I want out of this, but I don't mm. know how. And um, I do tell the story on a TikTok is, you know, that animal that will gets in a trap and they'll gnaw their leg off to get out. Mm -hmm. Like I got to feeling like, I just need to gnaw a leg off to get out of it. Like, I don't know what to do. That's how trapped I felt. Now it was self-trapping mm -hmm. and there's a door, you know, you could walk out of, but I didn't know how I could get out the door. I didn't know. And also then I came to realize, you know what? I have Stockholm syndrome because I'm actually being abused, but he's feeding me and, and, oh. and I'm happy when he's here and I don't know how to live different. Yeah. And he may not feed me if I scream and try yeah. to get away. It was a security blanket. It was. And so it was all messed up, but yet it was so peaceful. So peaceful. So we had fun when we were together. I didn't let what he was doing make me bitter. And I didn't make it to when he came in. My kids were like, oh gosh, they're together again. You know, I mean, it was pleasant. It was really pleasant. It's so skewed though. That Tom. is so I mean, odd. It's so odd, but you know, it's that little girl laying in that bed going, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And so four years is up. You, 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 at some point you said this, we're done or, or somebody did, right? Somebody, yeah, I, I, I did. A pastor came along and uh, actually, so 
we were started going to this church and um, this pastor was going to play golf with my kids or he was going to play, you know, whatever, taking uh, time with them and um, uh, a group of them, like a, you know, a whole bunch of them. And I, and so I said to him one day, I said, I want to talk to you because I thought if he's on the golf course with my kids and, and he says, how are y'all? And they say, fine. I want him to go, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> I know it's happening and I want you to talk about it. Um, and so I went to tell him and I said, I want you to talk about, he goes, I will not. He goes, you are, no, don't you dare let that man walk in your house one more time. He said, I will not talk to you. I will not talk to your kids. He said, this is ridiculous. You're going to get a divorce. Really? Mm -hmm. Not what you normally hear from a, a clergy of any no. kind. No, but well, actually, Tom, every pastor that we had met along the way was like, you need to get a divorce. Really? Yeah. See, I have never... It was that, I think he was that bad. I think people could see how bad he was, as good as he was. I mean, because he was still this public person. But so anyway, so this guy finally does it, helps me get my backbone, right? Because I was, I was always the strong one. And so, um, so I get the paper, or I had the papers drawn up. And um, so I tell him, Arlen, I, will you give me all this? And he said, yeah. And I was like, he didn't say no. We well, he's like, we really don't need to do that. Like, you know, we're fine how we are. And so anyway, anyway, long story short, he signed the papers. He gave me everything I asked for and he signed the papers. Wow. So, so not a crazy divorce, but a crazy lead up to a divorce. Crazy lead up to a divorce. Yeah. So here we are. What, what year was that? That's 2016. Okay. So we're six years ago. Almost mm -hmm. crazy life since. Oh, Tom, that's not the end of the story. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in the midst of all of that, my youngest son, he loved us. He was the kid who wanted to sit in the couch with mom on one side and dad on the other. But anyway, Tom, we got divorced July of 2016 and, um, August, my son started hurting. Oh, and, no. um, Yep. Um, September, he was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, no. So here we were living this perfect life, right? So we had this little divorce blip, but now my son has cancer. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to begin to live differently. I'm not going to, only dad can come and mom has to leave the room. I'm not, I'm not doing anything different. Now, my kids knew we were divorced. My kids were so thankful that I finally got the divorce because they saw what was happening, you know, and everything. So anyway, so my son gets cancer. And so we go to the hospital and we're together and we're pleasant and there's no angry undercurrent. And I'm not mad about anything. And we still are this good friend, you know, and he still says there's nobody else. And we just roll on and my son does his treatment and for 10 months and then he's good and it's gone and we're going to live life. And, um, now he's 16. So he was 15 when he was diagnosed. So now he's 16 and, um, in December we went as a family, went on a trip cause anyway, and so he started hurting again and, um, he was re-diagnosed in uh, January of 2018. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, long story short, 
in April of 2018, he passed away four days after his 17th birthday. I'm so sorry. No, no parent should ever have to bury a child. No. No. So, um, so that happened. And then, um, that was the tie holding me to my ex-husband. And so then when my ex would come around, I said, I don't have to see you anymore. I don't have to do this anymore. I'm done. Mm. And he said, no, the boys want us together. I said, no, 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 they never did. They've been done with you a really long time. And now I am too. That had to hurt. Hurt you, I mean. I was glad to finally be able to be done with him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but, yeah. So they did a tribute to Colson. He was a basketball player, and they did a, a, a basketball night to him and made a big poster and did T-shirts, and he was on the fan shirts and so all this. Well, I brought a guy. I didn't even walk in with him. Like a date? A date. Oh, okay. And I had never talked to another man, but at this event, he wanted to support me because, you know, because it's about my son and it was just the whole night was about my son. Cookies were decorated. Everything, everything was about my son. And he said, I just want to be there to support you. I don't have to walk in with you. But anyway, so Arlen was there and his parents and they kind of catch on to what's happening and they're not happy. Catch on and, to the fact that you had a date. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so that rolls along and uh, Christmas comes. So now it's December, 2018. We've been divorced now two years. So it's Christmas. I don't celebrate. I haven't had a normal Christmas since then. Cause I made all these traditions when the kids were home, like all these traditions. Anyway, so I didn't, I took my kids to Guatemala. We went to serve other people. We went to help there and do different things. And my kids came home and they were having Christmas with Arlen and his parents. And so, um, they're having Christmas and the dad, my father-in-law gets up and he begins passing out money. And he begins berating me and talking badly about me. And I don't know what was said. I never asked and I didn't want to know. Um, so bad it sucked the air out of the room. My daughter-in-law, she wasn't my daughter-in-law at the time, but she had been with us and she is now. But she got up. She said, we're leaving. And they got out. They got down the road and they called his dad. He called his dad and he said, we will never walk in the door again if they ever say anything bad about my mom again. Good for them. Good for them. Yep. And the next day, the in-laws say to my oldest son, who still was there, we know your parents are going to get a divorce in May. Oh, wait. This is, this is December 2018. You've been divorced for two years? Two and, a, two and a half. And the parents say your parents are about to get a divorce? What the hell? What does that mean? Did Arlen never tell his parents? You are kidding me. Never. Never. And my, my son said, what? They've been divorced from two years. 
no. <laughs> I know, I know, no, I know. But this is the crazy part. I mean, you know, I'm wrong. Yeah. This is the crazy part. So yeah. this is why we're here, right? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So wait a minute. Like, just to make yeah. sure we're all on the same page. Okay. You filed for divorce. He gave you everything you want. It's legal. The judge has signed it. You haven't lived together for two and a half years. There's no. no we haven't lived together for. Well, let, let's let's back up. You haven't cohabitated. He hasn't stopped in your house in the morning and had a little fun time. Nothing for how long now? Two and a half years or longer? That's correct. So, so no family, anything for two and a half years. But his parents still think you're married, right? Which no, explains why know. they were upset about the guy at Colson's yeah. basketball. Okay, that makes yes. more sense now. That that yes, that's. Yes. All right. Sorry. I, it took me a minute to put no, all that together. No, and it's so convoluted that pe people may not keep up because it's so convoluted and there's so many dates involved. But um, but yeah, so they're running me over the coals here because they think I'm with someone else. While there's, he's lived with another woman now for six years. <laughs> 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 yeah oh wow and he's probably been dating her 10 at right. this point he's been probably dating her 10 he's been living with her for six we've been divorced for two and a half and now they're telling my oldest son who's now uh i guess 18 19 20 19 20, something about 20 and um they said we know your dad and mom are getting a divorce in may what was their, okay, let's assume that you were still married. What was their purpose in telling him that? I guess, I guess they thought they were breaking the ice. Like we know, we know you don't have to keep it to yourself. anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. So they weren't, they thought he already knew that they thought he was in the know that you were going to get a divorce, but it turns out they weren't in the know because you'd already been divorced. Okay. Yeah. Because I was thinking that maybe they were trying to get a leg up and go, guess what? We know a secret that you don't. Oh, no. They were just like, we, we know what's happening here. And at my son's service, at his, uh, his funeral service, my ex-husband, who was my ex-husband, spoke very highly about me, and they gave me a standing ovation. And you were divorced. And they didn't know it. That That is the... I'm sorry. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, just... That's nuts. Yeah. That's just, that's crazy. I did a podcast. I was on another podcast. And so I sent that to him to make sure he knew what I was saying. We were still like good friends, you know, all was, all was good. And so anyway, I send it to him and um, he's like, oh man, I mean, you're just, you're just crushing it. You're, this is great. He said, the worst part of the whole deal is it's true. So this was his first admission ever in all these years. And so anyway, so I'm rolling along, telling my story, trying to help people. So anyway, so it's going along. And um, I went and got my hair done with my daughter-in-law one day. And I, and she said, wonder what number three's doing. I'm like, yeah, who knows? And I I'm driving home and lo and behold on my phone, it pops up. Number three is sending me a message. So I pulled over Tom and I read the most amazing, kindest, most apologetic, thoroughly encompassing apology letter from a, another woman that 
that a person could ask for. And she said, I saw your podcast and you are a superstar. You're going to touch people's lives. She said, the worst part of it is that I'm the catalyst of the, the pain. I'm the one who caused the pain. And she said, but, but you're amazing. And I arranged your family, took your husband, da, 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 da. And I'm like, wow. You know, I was so past it. It wasn't like, yeah, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't that. It was so, thank you. You know, yeah. I, that's nice and, and move on. And so I did. Well, she kind of pursued me a little bit. She said, I just know what all you're good at. I know all your strengths. And I have this business that I kind of want you to get in on. And I'm like, mm, I don't think I'm going there. But the amazing thing, Tom, was that we began chatting. Now, mind you, I thought she was gone because now he's brought somebody else in. So now we're on number not number four by any means, I can promise you, but we'll call her number four. Yeah. And so um, life's rolling along. And one night, number three text and said, hey, I just found out he's having an affair with number four. And I'm like, hmm? yeah, he's been with number four a while now. She's like, no, we still live together. And I'm really? Like, what? Because he's been bringing number four around. Like, She's been to Christmas now and she's been to, but we thought number three was gone. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And so we're, me and my kids are like scratching our head. We're like, what's happening? Is she crazy? Like, is, is she for real? So anyway, so um, then the weirdest thing happens. His messages, his text messages begin to come in on my phone, our phones, the three of us, we all shared a phone plan. So Arlen's text messages are coming in on our phone. So they're showing up. Ding. And so here it comes up and I'm getting these messages as if they're mine. So I'm reading them like, what's happening? And so number four is saying, hey, your ex is at it again. And I'm like, what's going on? And he said, what's she doing now? And number four says, well, she's saying this and he had asked number three to marry him three weeks before this. Oh <laughs> and and you're, you're the ex in that sentence, I'm, right? No, no. Number three is the number ex. Number three is the ex. I'm out. I'm not anywhere involved except I'm got front row seat to this shit show. <laughs> okay, so so Arlen asks number three to marry him. Three weeks later, number four is sending a text saying number three is at it again. And what is she at? Saying, leave us alone. Please just leave us alone. Get out of our business. We're engaged now. Please move on. <laughs> so what is Arlen's response? <laughs> what, how do you, how do you keep that? How do you keep this shit straight? That's, that's the part about this that he's is fascinating. Brilliant. He really, he's, he's, he, he has to be pretty damn intelligent to be able to just keep it all straight. Yes, because here's what he said. You, you ready? And for my kids who are watching, this is what he said. Fuck that bitch. Slap a restraining order on her ass. Because number four now says, I'm going to have to file a restraining order. And he says, go for it. Slap a restraining order on her ass. That's not the best of the story. I, now, mind you, re- remember, I'm in cahoots with number three now because she's reaching out to me going, he's doing this. 
at this very moment, Tom, this very moment in real time, while he's texting her slap restraining order on number three, I text number three. I say, where are you? What's happening? What, like, what you doing? She goes, oh, Arlen's on his way to pick me up. We're going to eat. <laughs> so Arlen's on his way to pick up number three, telling number four to slap a restraining order on that bitch being number three. Oh my gosh. What a duplicitous piece of shit. I'm sorry. No, exactly. And this is just the first of the text messages that I saw. Those text messages, Tom, are one of the best gifts I've ever been given because I really thought I had a good guy. I mean, I know he did what he did, but he was good, but I didn't know he had this capability. Right. I didn't know anybody did. You well, saw you the side of him that you could have never seen before. Oh, yeah. It it was one of the best gifts I've ever been given. I swear my son up in heaven was doing some little wiring to get <laughs> to get these messages on our phone. And that was just the first one. So literally, he's telling her to call and get a restraining order. And literally, he's sitting at a table with her eating supper and sleeping in her bed that night. Oh. That's just the first. So, all right. This could be a 10 hour podcast, yes. uh, but let's talk about, let, let's, let's kind of bring it to, 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 to today. Okay. As of today, here we are in May of 2022. I understand you're seeing someone. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm seeing not. the same person that I've been seeing since 2018. So, so the guy that went to the basketball thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, congratulations. You're not married, right? You're just, no, you're, we're not you're together. Okay. I'm happily dating. Happily dating. Good for you. And Arlen, what's who, who is he with number five or six or what's his status? Well, so when we began getting those phone messages, my sons could, they also had a front row seat. Now they yeah. had had a different type of front row seat to what he did to me. Right. And um, so they're watching this and we're, Long story short, they, they, long story short, they say, they call and they say, Hey dad, you're a mess. You're dating number four. You're bringing number four over for the holidays and you're going to sleep with number three every night. And this is what was happening. He was doing, it was the same thing, just change players. And they said, and they told him, dad, you've got a problem. You've got to stop you've got to get help. And, um, and if you don't like, we're just not going to be, a, we just can't keep on, you know, like going along with your facade or whatever. And that fueled his fire to, he's a grown ass man. He doesn't have to listen to what those kids say. And he told number four, he said, I'll choose you over my children. And my kids called and said, hey, dad, we can see your text messages and we see that message. We'll go ahead and make it easy for you. And he's never tried to get and he and he married number four. That is the most um, heartbreaking part of this entire story. Yes, it is. Yes, um, it is. And so you were about to say, I assume, and they haven't had a relationship with him since. I, and you can't blame him. He hasn't them. even tried. He hasn't. He hasn't tried. Ugh. They backed up, and he's like, 
now he blames them. Because the number three now is like, you've left your kids, you know, you've ditched your kids. And he's like, no, they did me. So he's turned it at all. They've, he's turned it around. But um, wait, he's married to number four. He's married to number four. He still keeps in contact with number three. He slept with number three before he proposed to number four the next day. Or There's stories now. There are stories. Oh, my gosh. We might have to do a follow up, Evie. This is... Yeah. Um, this is, you know, the tangled webs we weave, right? But yeah. this is, this is just flat out crazy. This that, is crazy. And again, congratulations to you for maybe later than some might wish, including you maybe. Uh, but congratulations to you for finding your way out and extricating yourself from the craziness. Right. Yeah. But... Holy crap. That is, I've just never, um, that, that's just crazy. It's crazy. And I haven't even told you lots of it. And I will tell, I will say this because now, so number three came to me over and over. Like, what am I going to do? He's with number four or he did this or he did that. And I had front row seat. I knew what he was doing and who he was doing it with. I mean, I knew. And, um, but we've talked since. Let me say this. Let me put it in here for that guilt that I felt from father-in-law who said it's your fault. Mm -hmm. Father-in-law went on a trip with number three and my husband while we were married. While you were married. While okay, I was we trying to make sure that because he didn't know you were divorced. But so he, this is while you were married. While he still lived in my home. And I'm telling them he's having an affair with her and father-in-law and him and her went to see a horse out of town and together. So, Evie. Yeah. I just, uh, hats off to you for, for keeping your kids safe from, you know, they, kids are not stupid. They, no. they could see what was going on, but they, they didn't grow up in the chaos that you grew up in and you, you at least protected them from, from that. Okay. Um, so congratulations. I'm, absolutely sorry about your your youngest boy that's uh, horrible but let's get to what i think is the best part of the podcast yeah. um here we've had this crazy soap opera um what's this is where i ask your advice we've got a bunch of listeners and you've got a you've got a great story to tell and you've told it and thank you for that what advice would you leave with these wonderful people Oh, goodness gracious. I could go on for hours. Um, my main message, Tom, and I do have lots, I do have lots to say, but my main message is even though all that happened and he had affairs and, um, and I, and my son passed away and I didn't get the marriage I wanted or the happily ever after. I am happy. Even after that heartache. And here's the thing, losing my son, it's a loss, of course, it's awful. But because I loved him and because I knew him, I loved deeper, more passionately. I have more joy, more all good things. So pain was the vehicle that delivered me 
to happiness and joy and what I love. And so no matter what somebody's going through, if they choose to press on and look for joy and happiness and peace, it's there. It's not gone. It may be covered. It may be hidden. It may be hard as hell to find. But it's ahead. It's there. But we can also, on the same vein, we can find bitterness and anger and hatred and resentment and everything bad because that's there too. It's there. And I could have been all those things, but I knew what those things looked like and I didn't want it. And I would choose peace. I would choose calm. I would choose letting that man walk in and out every day rather than fighting one day. A million days, no matter. I mean, the peace is better than the drama any day. And it took me longer to get here, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be that person for one more minute. I would. I'm thankful for what I went through because it got me to where I am. And the joy and the peace and all that that's so much deeper, it's so much better. And I heard a saying long ago, probably when I was in high school, the deeper that the grief carves into your soul, the more joy it can contain. And I don't know why it has to be that way. But because it is, I receive it. You know what I'm saying? I can't go, I can't make my son come back. I can't make none of the affairs happen, but I can choose what I do from here forward. And anybody can, everybody can. And it doesn't matter what they've been through and they can take what they've been through because it happened. It, it happened, whatever it is and build on it. There's a, there's a gift in every problem. Look for the gift. Whoa. Evie's life sure hasn't been easy. I guess some might even call it tragic. But hearing her talk about grief carving her soul to hold more joy, that's truly incredible. What an awesome message from an amazing woman. I want Evie to know how much I appreciate her strength and her character, and also for taking the time to be on our show to inspire all of us. Be sure to follow Evie on TikTok at Happily Even After where you can also check out her Beacons page for the rest of her social media links. It's also a great way to thank her for sharing. I hope you liked that story. If you did, please take a few seconds right now to give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. That really helps us spread the word about the show. Have an amazing week, everyone. Bye. Divorce doesn't have to be complicated. Our Divorce.com's three-step procedure provides a simple and affordable process that you can follow at your own pace. Save thousands by visiting OurDivorce.com today.